Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of The Drive Podcast. I'm Josh Downs. Thank you so much for joining me today. So good to have you with me as we go into another week and hopefully have it start in the right way and off on the right foot. And I hope that that's the case for you this week. We have a whole new week in front of us full of whole new experiences, hopefully many of which are just amazing. And I always like to to do this episode on Monday to just try to help your week start off on the right foot and get you thinking in a good and a positive way as you move into the week. Because I'm telling you, I've learned so much of our life and what we create starts by what we think and the attitude that we have as we go into it. So hopefully this week you're in a good place. If not, let's get you to a good place and begin to look forward with optimism and, and hope to be able to have some great experiences this week. Now, I, as I thought a lot about what I wanted to share this week, uh, today's episode is episode 521, and I'm calling it, There's Something in the Water. Now, I recognize that that expression could be used in one of two ways. <laughs> Sometimes it's used in a positive way, indicating that oh, there's something really good that's going on in a person's life. So obviously, there must be something in the water that they're drinking that's bringing that about. The other is is not so good. Like There is literally something in the water that is not good and uh, maybe causing some problems. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll recognize which one I'm alluding to. Um, when people tend to meet me for the first time, one of the very first questions that I often get asked is how many kids I have. That's kind of a typical find out question that we often ask those we don't know, trying to learn a little bit about them. And when I tell them that I have two daughters, the very next question is it would tend to be is, well, what are their ages? And then when I tell them that they're ages 16 and 14, without fail, the very next comment out of each person's mouth that I have this little conversation with is, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Which I understand what they mean and where they're coming from. Typically, we there's a connotation that's a little bit negative when it comes to teenagers, isn't there? That And, and that comment is in, indicative that, well, I'm sorry, I'm sure you're having your hands full, plenty of trouble with teenagers, especially with teenage girls. And while I certainly understand where they're coming from, having been associated with teenagers for quite some time now, that really just is not the case for me. My girls really are as just about as easy as it could possibly be. Now, I get that some of that, I think, is just luck of the draw. Some of our kids just come already having been parented, and maybe they parent us a little bit more than we parent them. Some of them need all the help that they can get, and they really give us a run for their money. Well, I believe that really our life lessons for each of us, they just come packaged very differently for each person based on so many different things, so many different variables. Maybe what will best get through to each of us is how those things and those experiences are packaged for us. What is it that will push us the most, that that will help us to grow the most and to learn the most in the time that we have? In other words, I, I really believe that many of life's experiences are perfectly tailored for us to help us to learn perfectly what will help us to better move towards perfection. And kids are a big part of that equation, aren't they? And some kids seem to be given for to us to teach them, and some are given to us so that they can teach us. 
And probably there's a little bit of both for most kids. But I'll tell you, my daughters, I think, were given to me more to teach me than for me to teach them. They just came that way. And for those that have met them, well, you know how amazing they are. They are about as as easy and down to earth as two young girls can be. To show you a little bit about what I mean, I get messages all the time from them asking things like, Dad, is it okay if I take the car to go to lunch with some friends today? (laughs) Dad, is it okay if I'm a little late getting back to school from going to lunch with my friends today? Dad, is it okay to uh, wear tank tops to school like everyone else? Dad, is it okay if I walk to the park with my friends? Uh, Actually, those were just questions that I was asked just these past couple of weeks, (laughs) in fact. They are so mindful of what they're doing and how they're doing it that it just makes my job a lot easier as a parent. I don't have to wake them up in the mornings. They get themselves up. They get themselves ready and out the door. They make little packing lists when we go on vacation. They are super organized with things. They both are kind of running their own little businesses right now. I often look at them and just think to myself, where did you come from? This this is not typical of, of teenagers. And before you start thinking that I'm some kind of an amazing father, I really am not. I just am not. I mean, I've been divorced. I have my own struggles and things that I've gone through. And before you think that they're too perfect, they're, they're not as well. There's definitely some things that we have to work on. Um, beds are not always made, clothes are not always folded and neatly put away. There's just, there's typical teenage things, right? But by and large, I've just been surprised at how well they've done and kind of where they're at. And I know that there's going to be some challenges coming, some, some very big ones, right? We all, none of us are spared from those kinds of things. Some of those challenges just tend to come a little bit earlier to some of us than others and in different ways. My, my challenges personally have certainly come in in different aspects than necessarily through my kids uh, as of this point in time in my life. But one of the things that I have learned through the course of all this is the value of time and love when it comes to relationships, especially with our children, and how much the opposite being fear and force does not work. I have worked with a lot of kids over the years, and it's also allowed me to work with a lot of parents, and I have seen the difference between the two and the results of each. I've noticed that with my own daughters, because of the time and love that I've put into my relationships with them over the years, really ever since they were little, I believe that a couple things have come from that. Number one, they feel incredibly safe to come to me when they want advice or help in making choices and decisions. And Two, because of the love and respect they have for me as their father, I can tell that they are afraid to disappoint me. And both of those things are powerful elements when it comes to just making choices and doing good things and living life in a positive way. I know that uh, those I know of those things very well myself personally because that's in a lot of ways how I felt as a child growing up with my own parents, with my father especially. And again, while these are powerful motivators and can be powerful motivators for good, I've also come to recognize that they can also be a hindrance whenever mistakes are made because then there is an element of fear that can lead someone, a child in particular, to hide what they've done because they don't want to disappoint dad. Well, boy, that is when uh, we really have to step up our parenting game. There is never a time that a child needs to feel more safe and more love than when they have made mistakes and poor choices. Consequences certainly have to follow, and sometimes those consequences come naturally. And sometimes, though, as parents, we have to impose those consequences. However, 
I don't believe that they should be imposed ever in anger or through shame. That will always push them farther away from us and cause them to hide even more than what they may have been doing. I just love Heavenly Father's pattern that He constantly gives us when it comes to this aspect of parenting. You look at the Garden of Eden, for example. There is no record of Heavenly Father blasting Adam and Eve for partaking of the forbidden fruit. There's certainly um, an acknowledgement of consequence and what's going to happen and letting them know that it is going to happen. But instead of it coming from a place of anger and emotion and, and punishment, it really feels like it's coming as a result of just the natural cause of things. And yet he points out that I will be there to help you and to guide you through these consequences that are coming as a result of, of these choices. We see it in the way that God continually sends prophets to call us people to repentance when they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. There's a constant outpouring of, of opportunity to, to change and to become better and a pleading to correct things. It's not out of force and it's not out of control. It's an invitation that is often made. Uh, where we see Christ is another example with the woman who was caught in adultery. No record there of, of him blasting her for what she'd done or making her feel shame for what she'd done. In fact, it was quite the opposite, an expression of love and, and getting others that were attacking her to put their rocks down and to walk away and just the simple invitation to go thy way and, and sin no more. When it comes to our children, really the time that you put into them will directly impact the time that they give you the time that they listen to you. And that's what I wanted to share with you today because it's been on my mind a little bit, especially because of an experience that I had uh, that I'll share with you here just momentarily. But I really feel like that's the key. That's the key to developing these relationships with our kids. I have watched firsthand and spending time with teenagers, especially over this past year, speaking at schools and assemblies, leadership you know, opportunities and councils and trainings, spending face time with them, talking to them about real life's challenges that they're having and going through. So much of that can be helped and supported and mitigated in a lot of ways by those that are they are surrounded by at home, especially by mom and dad. That really is the key. But the challenge is how do we get them, especially as teenagers, to open up to us and to connect with us and to love us in the way that we love them? Well, one of the, the great keys is in the scriptures where it's pointed out that we love him because he first loved us. That's the model. That's the pattern, I believe, for us. I, I hear all the time things like, I can't get my child to listen to me. Well, if we're to follow this pattern, then maybe we should try listening to them first. Um, I can't get my child to do what I want them to do. Well, again, following that pattern, then maybe we should try doing something with them that they want to do first. <laughs> uh, my child doesn't seem to care about anything. I get that one a lot, and I understand that one. But maybe, again, in following that pattern, then we can focus primarily on letting them know how much we care about them. We don't have anything in common together. Well, then let's try to find something that you can have in common with just them. <laughs> I can't relate to them. Well, then find something that will help them relate to you. I just don't get them. Well, then maybe they need to get you first. Continue to love them first and they will eventually find their way to love you back. Listen to them and they'll listen to you. Give them your time and they'll give you theirs. 
Now, I know that that is easier said than done. I just do. And, and not all kids respond perfectly the first time or second time or even the hundredth time. And I know that there are many of you that I've talked to that have broken your back and done everything that you can possibly do to, to show love and express that to your kids. And you're still not getting the response that you want or that you feel like that you need. Just know that this takes time, effort, and certainly consistency to really develop this. And at the end of the day, kids have their agency and they can and will choose for themselves. But I just believe as we continue to follow that path of giving love and time, that eventually that love and time will come back to us. We don't know when, we don't know how, I just know that it will. But one of the things I've also learned that it takes is that it takes letting go of fear and sometimes our pride. I've talked with again and worked with so many parents who've expressed similar frustrations to what I just shared with you with their kids, but I've noticed that a lot of that frustration has really been directed at themselves, really out of a sense of failure as a parent. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to get our validation from our kids, that if they turn out the way that we think they should and walk the path that we think that they should walk, then, well, that must mean that I'm a good parent. And if I'm a good parent, then I'm a good person. But then again, if they don't go the way that we think they should go or do what we think is best for them to do, then, well, I must be a bad parent and therefore a bad person. But boy, we just need to let go of that mentality. We can certainly influence our kids for good, but we never can, nor should we force them to go the way that we think they should. This is, after all, their life. Their life for them to experience what they need to experience for good or bad to help them to learn and to grow in the way that they're meant to, not in the way that we think that they should or even what we want them to. Remember the phrase, train up a child in the way that he should go? Again, not in the way that you or I think that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, there are basic things that as parents we need to instill in our kids, such as faith and an understanding of repentance and hard work and, and uh, honesty and integrity, all those kinds of things, and as much of the principles and doctrines of the gospel as possible. But beyond those basic things, the most important things that we can give them is just ourselves, our time and love, letting them know that they always have a safe place to come whenever they want advice or they need advice in making choices or especially when they make mistakes. It doesn't matter where your relationships currently are. None of us can go back and change the past. But we can change the future by simply changing what we do in the present. If you feel that you haven't been spending enough time with your kids, then start spending more time today. If you feel that you haven't been a good listener to your kids, then start listening more today. If you feel disconnected from your kids, that's okay. But start trying to find more ways to connect with them today. And whenever there needs to be consequences, always, always try to give them without the emotion and without the anger. And instead, explain calmly what the consequences are, why you're giving them, and that you love them and hope that they'll make better choices in the future. But that that will be up to them. And try to remember that the first act of war is defense. Now, if you need any suggestions on what you can do to better connect with your kids, especially for those fathers that are out there, this is what I wanted to share with you today. It took me a long time to get here, but I was watching TV the other day and a very interesting commercial came on. It started out by showing a mother and a daughter out on a boat on a lake fishing. 
And I loved the depiction of a mother spending time with her daughter in that way. And I love the idea of mothers taking their daughters fishing. But I couldn't help but wonder, where's dad? (laughs) He should be on that boat as well, especially with uh, fishing with his daughter. But then in the commercial, it kind of focused on the little girl and showed her lying in the water. And it started to bob up and down. And then it zoomed in on her face. And all of a sudden, the young girl who had just felt something on her pole, you could see this look of excitement that just flashed across her face. And then a voice came over on the commercial and took us through really the journey of this young girl's life and all the amazing things that she would do. And it showed all these flash forward images of her playing basketball and delivering a presentation at school, getting married, having a very obviously successful job. I think it even showed her shaking hands with the President of the United States (laughs) and then walking on the moon. I mean, you kind of get the idea. Like, this girl's future was bright. And while these flash-forward events were being depicted, right after this girl had clearly caught her first fish, the voiceover said this, And just like that, she starts to grin. A special flame has been lit within. The spark of something new begins. There's something in the water. On her own, she's in the zone. Determination can't be thrown. Resilience building in her bones. There's something in the water. With her gator on and her waders on, she can tackle anything till dawn. There must be something in the water. On and off the boat she flies. The sky's the limit. She's soaring high. She's a force of nature on the rise. There's something in the water. And then on the screen pops up this statement. (laughs) I love this. Women who fish are happier and healthier, have significantly greater grit, confidence, and self-esteem than women who don't. Find your best self on the water from takemefishing.org. One of my favorite commercials now. I I love it. Apparently, this has been backed by research. I had to go look and see where they were coming from with this. But according to some new research from Take Me Fishing, which is a national brand uh, that's associated with a nonprofit known uh, as the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation. The research that they conducted, which was in partnership with global market research firm IPSOS, consisted of a survey of active and lapsed female anglers and non-anglers to better understand the benefits, behaviors, and barriers that they experience. Key highlights from the study include that Among women who fish, one in four say it improves their mood, brings them peace, and helps them manage their mental health and long-term stress. Women who fish have greater perseverance and are more likely to say that setbacks do not discourage them. Almost half of women who fish say that fishing teaches them patience and helps to develop their confidence. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Women who fish have higher self-esteem and a clear mind or mindfulness. And 75% of women who fish do not feel well represented in marketing and advertising. (laughs) Fishing and boating has a profound impact on a woman's life, is what Rachel Pizera, Senior Director of Marketing for RBFF, said. She said, our research shows this and our newest campaign is going a long way to accurately and inclusively depict this key audience, ideally inspiring more females to feel comfortable trying this life-enhancing activity. Now, while I wholeheartedly endorse everything that they've said about fishing, and especially when it comes to women fishing, I also think there's one key element of fishing that was left out that I would love to see researched a little further on. And that would be 
who it was that taught them how to fish. Because chances are pretty good it was a parent, and most likely a father, or maybe a grandfather, or quite possibly a mother as well. In conducting that kind of research a little bit further, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it's not just about what's in the water, but who was on the water with them. And I think that it could be just as easily stated that women who have had parents that take them fishing are happier and healthier, have significantly greater grit, confidence, and self-esteem than women who didn't. Find your best self on the water isn't just for those spending time fishing, but for those who spend their time teaching those that they love most how to fish. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Christ loved fishing so much, is because there really is something in the water, something that is good to learn and experience when it comes to, to fishing and spending time together doing it. And yet, fishing is just one of a thousand things, right, that you can do to spend time with and connect with your kids. There's so many other things. It doesn't just have to be fishing because in the end, it's really not about fishing, is it? As fun as it is. In fact, it reminds me of one of my favorite songs I probably shared before from Trace Atkins called Just Fishing. And the lyrics go something like this. I'm lost in her there holding that pink rod and reel. She's doing almost everything but sitting still. Talking about her ballet shoes and training wheels and her kittens. And she thinks we're just fishing. (laughs) I say, Daddy loves you, baby, one more time. She says, I know. I think I've got a bite. And all this laughing, crying, smiling, dying here inside. What's what I call living? And she thinks we're just fishing. Throwing back what we could fry, Drowning worms and killing time, nothing too ambitious. She ain't even thinking about what's really going on right now. But I guarantee this memory's a biggin', and she thinks we're just fishing. She's already pretty, like her mama is, going to drive the boys all crazy, give her daddy fits, and I better do this every chance I get, because time is a tickin', and she thinks we're just fishing. We ain't only fishing. This ain't about fishing. love that love that song and really what it teaches about the importance of spending time with our kids i remember a talk given from thomas s monson who is a leader of my faith and he quoted an article written in a national magazine from arthur gordon i've shared this before but i need to hear this often because i've recognized myself how easy it is to place the most important things last at times And this little story is an example of what the right approach is really with life and with our kids and is a reminder uh, for all of us of how to do that. But Arthur Gordon wrote in this magazine, he said, When I was around 13 and my brother 10, father had promised to take us to the circus. But at lunchtime there was a phone call, some urgent business required his attention downtown, so we braced ourselves for disappointment. Then we heard him say into the phone, No, I won't be down. It'll have to wait. When he came back to the table, Mother smiled. The circus keeps coming back, you know, she said. I know, said Father, but childhood doesn't. I just love that. He went on to say that if you have children who are grown and gone, in all likelihood you have occasionally felt pains of loss and the recognition that you didn't appreciate that time of life as much as you should have. Of course, there's no going back, but only forward. Rather than dwelling on the past, we should make the most of today, of here and now, doing all that we can to provide pleasant memories for the future. 
If you're still in the process of raising children, be aware that the tiny fingerprints that show up on almost every newly cleaned surface, (laughs) the toys scattered about the house, the piles and piles of laundry to be tackled will disappear all too soon and that you will, to your surprise, miss them profoundly. Stresses in our lives come regardless of our circumstances. We must deal with them the best we can, but we should not let them get in the way of what is most important. And what is most important almost always involves the people around us. Often we assume that they must know how much we love them, but we should never assume. We should let them know. Wrote William Shakespeare, They do not love that do not show their love. We will never regret the kind words spoken or the affection shown. Rather, our regrets will come if such things are omitted from our relationships with those who mean the most to us. So is there something in the water? You bet there is. And it is something special. And it would be my hope that in listening to this message today, it might motivate and inspire you to spend more time doing those things that matter, which always as parents involves spending time with our kids and letting them know of our love for them. That can go such a long ways in a young person's life. I don't know all the reasons why my daughters have turned out so well so far. Like I said, I know there's going to be challenges, but I'll tell you what I have done with them. I've taken them fishing, <laughs> and, uh, and I think that that may have something to do with it. Yes, there may be something in the water, but more importantly, there was something on the water with them, and that was me. And I'm grateful for those moments. I'm grateful for those experiences, and I want you to have them as well. I want you to be able to look at the time with your kids as some of the best time that you've ever spent in your life. And I know that it can be. On my uh, computer desk, I have all my work accolades and trophies that I've gotten over the years. But in front of all of them, I have several little trophies (laughs) that say world's best dad and we love you dad is uh, little presents that I've gotten for Father's Day. And those mean infinitely more to me than any of those other work-related trophies and awards that I've received. Those are the ones that I want to have when it's all said and done. And it's those ones that I believe that we'll look back on with the fondest memories of. Well, thanks for listening today, everybody. I hope that that's helpful. Again, just I, I know I need it. Constant reminders of doing what is most important first and making sure that those opportunities aren't missed. And I hope that's been helpful for you this week. As you go about this week, I know that one of the things that will make it great is making great memories with your kids. Now, one last thing before I close, before I end, please know that if any of you need help in achieving this, we'll call it work-life balance, please reach out to me. Or if you have children that are struggling that could use some extra support and and coaching or training, or if you as a parent could use some additional coaching or training, please reach out to me. I have some openings for personal coaching and would love to fill them up. I know that all of this can be a very difficult thing to achieve, but you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to face these issues alone. This is something that I'm passionate about and experienced in and I've seen amazing improvements coming to the lives of the kids that I've worked with as well as the parents that I've worked with. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Let me know if you'd like to set up a time to have a free consultation and talk a little bit about what's going on in your life. You can actually schedule a time on my website, joshdowns.com. Just look for personal coaching. There should be a calendar link for you to access. You can schedule a time to talk and if I can be of any help or any service, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to, to do whatever I can to help assist you in achieving all the things that we talked about today. I hope that each of you have a great week and you spend time doing something that you love with your kids. 
but more importantly, letting them know how much you love them. Because, well, at least in my opinion, there's definitely something in the water. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to The Drive.